Hey, everybody. Welcome to Starting a Counseling Practice podcast with Zinni Me. This is Miranda here, and I am so delighted to have Rachel Warner here from CPH Insurance. I know you all might be thinking insurance, liability insurance, that's not a sexy topic. It's a super important topic. We're going to be digging into questions, worries, things you may have thought about, things you may have never thought about. And Rachel's going to be here answering our questions and giving suggestions on how to best protect yourself um, inside or even out of private practice. Great. Thanks for having me, Miranda. This is wonderful. I'm so excited that you're here. So um, start by, can you share the website for CPH? Yeah. And just the, and a little like that little blurb about like what you guys do in general. So people understand what CPH is. So we're CPH and Associates. Um, we've been in business for 21 plus years insuring mental health providers um, all the way from their student practicum to their postmaster's provisional work as you're working under supervision, putting in your hours, to starting your private practice, um, maybe joining an agency as an employee or establishing your own LLC. We can kind of journey with you from that beginning all the way through. Um, Our website is cphinsurance.com. And um, we operate almost entirely in real time online. So you can jump on our website, you can buy a policy um, right then and there in about 10 minutes, um, as long as you can be approved through our online system. And we're very technology focused. So you can service your policy in real time throughout the year, um, right in your customer portal. I want to, I want to, I, I think this is an interesting one. You're talking about like servicing your policy and for a lot of people, they don't understand like what that means, but like I have um, a policy that's like for us doing in-person events and every time we have to make a change, um, and this is not through CPH, I have to call on the phone. (laughs) If our credit card changes, I have to call on the phone. I have to go through this very lengthy process just to make a simple change to say, oh, hey, our payroll increased or this happened or that happened. And it's sort of ridiculous. And I find myself thinking like, what the heck? But it's just, we need this carve out kind of insurance. So that's why we have them. But um, I think that piece of knowing that it's super easy to renew is such an important part that customer service because we don't have time to sit on the phone we're already Mm -hmm. taking care of clients and maybe fighting with insurance companies some days like that's Mm -hmm. no fun at all okay yeah so so, and I just want to be clear too like this isn't like a pitch for CPH guys but this is this is such important things when you're trying to figure out and decide what to do with your insurance and also how to determine even whether you need insurance and what those other places are. So we're gonna start a little bit with, Rachel was saying that they're getting a ton of questions in about telehealth and about clients moving all over the place. And Mm -hmm. so we wanted to share um, some of the pieces about questions you should ask your insurance company and things you should understand about how insurance works in this virtual world that we are all living Mm -hmm. in right now. Yeah. So mental health providers have been presented with some really unique challenges this year. And, and we certainly understand that there's been this huge shift to telehealth. um, And you have clients that are 
moving around, they're going back home, they're visiting family for a prolonged amount of time. And probably the, the biggest question we're getting right now at CPH is, does my policy cover telehealth? And so this is something that whoever you're insured with, um, you'll want to you'll wanna understand that component of your policy. Speaking specifically to ours, the policy covers telehealth, just like it would in-person services. What we always encourage everybody to confirm is you check with your licensing board in your state. You check with the licensing board in any states you may be going into via telehealth, and you confirm that you're providing services legally within the scope of any state's laws. As long as you are, it's typically perfectly fine in terms of coverage. Um, we just recommend checking in on that. And, the, and that's a, um, and that can be tricky right now, mm -hmm. getting that bit of information, right? So it's it like, oh, be. yay, my insurance, it's covered. I've got telehealth coverage. Oh, but what does yeah. this, where does this, um, like, how do I actually get this information? And I think sometimes therapists right now are being put into this ethical quandary of, okay, officially this state is saying that even if the person's in there for a day, I can't provide them therapy services, right? This person's only gone for a week. Um, it is clinically appropriate for them to have services, they need services. Maybe they're traveling for, uh, um, someone died, right? Um, mm -hmm. And they're traveling to be with family. They need, they, they must do the travel in this, in this time frame that we're put into these ethical places where um, we're, what is best for the client versus where we might be opening ourselves up to liability. And I think that's a mm -hmm. tricky spot right now. It right? is, it is. I, I know I'm going to ask you this question and I, and it may just be like a crazy question because we didn't go over this in advance, but sure. um, I know that one of the things that li most professional liability coverages, including yours pays for is if something comes up with my license, right. And somebody is saying like, Hey, you did something that wasn't okay. You guys provide, um, uh, a lawyer attorney. attorney consultation yeah attorney consultation and possibly like attorney to actually go to court to say like no like here's what yes. needs to happen correct yes yep right. depending on what the situation is um, if you have something come up that you're concerned about that hasn't actually led to an actual board complaint or subpoena or deposition or a lawsuit you can call and you have two hours of attorney consultation included to talk to an attorney about that awesome is that Per issue or per year? Per year. You have per two year. hours total for that. But then, Perfect. of course, if you have an actual claim or a subpoena, then yes, we assign you an attorney in your area um, to help you with that. Okay. So with that assigned attorney, if, for example, a therapist goes to that attorney and says, hey, I have that there's been a complaint because I provided services outside of my state, but hey, ethically, I had this really good reason Will CPH's attorney still help in that situation? Like, will we still have attorney coverage, even though there's a, again, there's this question of, was this legal? And they're saying yeah. like, well, technically it was illegal, but like, it would have yeah. been more illegal. It would have been unethical. It would have been a breach of me, of my providing appropriate clinical services to say care. no. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. I mean, these, these situations can be so nuanced. 
right? So, you know, it's, it's difficult to address hypothetical scenarios. Yeah. But in that specific example, um, I would not anticipate there would be an issue with an attorney helping, def- helping to defend somebody to the board in that case. Um, but of course, yeah, it just, it always depends on all the circumstances surrounding that allegation and, and what, yeah, what was involved in that. Yeah. And so one of the things I always like to say to all y'all who are listening is document, document, document. If you are, um, when you are making these decisions and you're contacting the board, take a screenshot (laughs) um, that, hey, here's what they said right now, because some of the rules are different during COVID, you know, write down who you spoke to, put the date and time in there. And then if you are making a decision where you're kind of in a stuck place of like ethically for continuity of care, I need to provide these services, even though it's in this legal gray area or legally I'm not supposed to, but I can't refer them to another therapist for one session while they're traveling. Like that's sort of ridiculous. Document why you made that decision and why it was from an ethical standpoint. Here's the ethical code, cite the ethical codes inside of your notes, like document all of that so that your attorney can also be there to support you through the process um, through CPH or, or your professional liability coverage. Your your professional association, if you're a member of one is often a great resource for questions like that too. Um, So I'd encourage people to take advantage of that. Sometimes they have attorneys on staff that can help with navigating those kind of tricky situations. Absolutely. I think, and again, document all those conversations. And I know this is where people are getting, a little bogged down too, is they're like, well, I have five different clients that I'm trying to navigate this going to five different states. Uh, yeah, it's rough, guys. <laughs> it's it rough. Yeah. Um, so this may be a time too, where we want to make sure that we're being realistic about our caseloads. And maybe even we're charging for the time that it takes to say like, hey, I need to do some research. Do you have something within your um, informed consent that's clear that like, hey, if I need to do consultation um, for your case outside, here's what I bill at for this other administrative rate. So if you say like, hey, I need to go and do this part to provide you services, this may be part of that consultation process and something you would administratively bill for. Okay, so here's the other question that I really wanted to get into. Um, And I don't even always have like the right words, but talking about the difference between um, the when insurance, what insurance actually covers in terms of timeframes. So there's some like, there's some really interesting, confusing stuff about, um, oh, I have insurance, but it's for it's an occurrence base versus a time base versus a a claims made, all of these Mm -hmm. things. Can you explain a little bit about what these mean and like what therapists need to understand when they're choosing? Yes. So just beginning with what those two different types of policies are, you have occurrence based policies, you have claims made policies. Talking about claims made first, what this means is you have a claims made policy Typically the premiums start lower and then every year they increase until about the sixth year or so, then it's considered mature. Then you're paying your full mature rate. That policy has to be in place both at the time you're rendering services and when the claim is actually made in 
in order for that coverage to protect you. So if you are a provider, you have a claims made policy, you have a client who 10 years after services sues you. If that claims made policy has continually been in place and is currently active, you will trigger coverage under that policy. Let's say you switched carriers or you retired or you left an employer under which you had that policy. If you don't enforce what's called tail coverage, some people call it an extended reporting period, it's kind of the formal name, but let's call it tail coverage. Um, what that tail coverage does is it's kind of a, a little rider they tack onto the policy that extends the amount of time you can report a claim under that claims made policy from the past. So depending on the circumstance, different providers structure that in different ways. Um, but what I've seen is sometimes a one-year tail is 100% of the policy's expiring premium. A two-year tail is 150% and so on and so on and so on. And then there's, you know, different structure to buy a lifetime tail to say, okay, no matter, you know, 30 years from now, someone files a claim, I have that lifetime tail. What an occurrence-based policy does, which is what the policy CPH has, is it's lifetime coverage. So what that means logistically is the premiums do not start out lower and then slowly increase each year over time. The premiums typically start a little higher, but they remain the same. So it never changes. Um, and you never need tail coverage. So as long as you had that policy in place at the time you were rendering services, it lasts forever. If you retire, you switch carriers, um, let's say, heaven forbid, you forget to renew and the policy lapses, as long as that policy was in place during that date of treatment from which an allegation is coming, you're covered forever. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> so what happens if, um, let's say somebody is moving from a claims made policy with another carrier and they're coming to you for an occurrence based policy, what are their options? Do they, do they have to get tail coverage from the other provider or is there something they can do with you so yes. that you can be the person? Both of those options are available. So what we typically see is people purchase the tail from their expiring carrier. It's usually just a little bit cleaner administratively. Um, and it's, you know, it'll stay consistent with the policy that they had. You can also buy what, what would now be called prior acts coverage from CPH. Um, I don't know if every occurrence-based provider offers that option. We at CPH do. Um, in terms of cost difference, I can't speak to that really well just because everyone kind of does it differently. But we would, you know, what we do at CPH is we look at what your retroactive date is with that expiring carrier, which is the date you were first insured. And then we calculate an applicable premium for that amount of years. And so then it'd be a one-time fee you would pay with CPH to, to cover you back to that retroactive date. Mm -hmm. and then, I think this is, is such an important piece because I've had so many clients not understand 
what mm-hmm. they were getting into when they did that claims made policy. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned, right, it starts off really low yeah. in terms of a, of a fee. Yeah. And so then they're like, suddenly they're like, wait, I'm paying a thousand dollars a year. Like why did it get so expensive? And then they'll say, oh, well you can leave, but it's going to be. Now you have to buy thousand. this thousand dollar tail or two thousand dollar tail exactly it's a little tricky wait what did I just do so having having coverage you understand it sounds like having an occurrence-based policy from the beginning would be the optimal thing like is there any time when a claims made policy would be a better option than an occurrence-based policy I'm gonna say no but you know I mean it just we kind of look at it as renting a policy versus buying a policy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that the claims made policies can look attractive to newly established providers because the premiums are really low at first. Um, So if you're just starting out, you think, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to buy this. But one thing I will say is specifically to CPH, if you're newly licensed, you get 50% off of your premium with CPH. Your second year being licensed, you get 25% off that premium. So we do extend you know, a financial break to people who are just starting out so that that premium will be similar to what you would see on a claims made policy. And I, I know I appreciated that. And when I was in, um, when I was in school, I became a member of um, of our professional organization in California, well, one of them, CAMFT, and they had um, a deal with you guys where if you became a member of CAMP, then it was even, it was way cheap as a student <laughs> to mm-hmm. become, um, a, yeah. uh, to get a policy with CPH. And so it was just sort of this no-brainer investment mm-hmm. and that just kind of continued through, through my yeah. process. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't terrible and I had a really great um, professor, instructor who said, you need this. This insurance policy is for you and for your licensure. Realize that your, um, what is happening at the agency you're working with, where they have liability coverage, that's to cover them. That is not to cover you. And I think that's an important conversation to have too, to understand for anybody who's pre-licensed or who's working several jobs and you're trying to determine like, is this really a cost? Maybe this is something you can shave out if you're not in private practice. I want to encourage you to, to really think about if a lawyer comes in, that's a part of a liability, of liability coverage for this organization, you know, ABC agency. And if they can determine that you are the person at fault like their whole goal is to make sure that ABC agency is covered and that they didn't do anything wrong. If they can do mm-hmm. that, then whether you maintain your license, whether something you get an admonishment, whether something goes on your record, whether you get sued or you have to pay money means nothing to them because they've done their job as mm-hmm. long as they don't have to cover, right? Versus if you have two policies that are each protecting the individuals, then yeah. it's more likely you're going to come out with what, yeah. what the truth is. We, we always encourage, um, when we get this question from, from our customers, that whether or not you have 
a, a corporate policy that you're underneath a corporate policy that ensures you individually because technically it does yes it, it covers the company but you also have individual coverage under that policy we always encourage our providers to have their own separate individual policies as well um, for one from an ex a cost wise as a w-2 employee a policy with cph for the year is 115 bucks for the whole year um, where, you know, and that, that buys you that security of knowing that whatever happens at ABC counseling, whatever, whatever happens with their coverage, you have that security for 115 bucks a year. Let's say, and, and I'm sure that these employers have all the best intentions and Agreed. you should trust them with what they're, you know, with what they're providing you, but things happen. And what if that company forgot to renew their policy? Something, it was a crazy time they forgot to renew or heaven forbid they exhausted the limits of their coverage because of another claim or, um, you know, then you're just not at the whim of somebody else's policy. Um, yeah. so. I, had a, um, I had a client, I had somebody reach out to me that said like, hey, I just had something come through the, through the board. There's nothing there. There was nothing bad about what the process was, but just the legal bill of responding to it, that they had to pay out of pocket because they didn't have prior acts coverage because mm -hmm. this other former employer from years ago, right. It's sort of like they're in this gray zone where they're like, Oh, and so easily that could be five or $10,000 mm -hmm. to just get legal advice to respond to this issue, just to say, yep, I did everything right. And I've got all the documentation to prove it, you know, yeah. like exactly. it's a thing. So I think exactly. it's such an important piece of just, I would much rather pay, you know, a little bit per year to know that that's, that's covered yeah. um, so that I don't suddenly get a really big bill. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. That can hurt. Yeah. It doesn't feel good at all. What, um, as we start to kind of wrap up today, what are, are there any other big questions or misconceptions that you see people have about, um, liability insurance, um, that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, you know, one thing that we hear from time to time is people just not understanding what all their policy provides them. And, um, you know, speaking, you know, specifically to CPH, one very common thing we hear is, oh, I was subpoenaed and I didn't know I had coverage to get help with the subpoena. Um, so, you know, I just kind of responded on my own and now things have gotten a little bit tricky. Um, if you have a subpoena, if you're deposed, contact your insurance. Um, you know, we will provide you an attorney to help you respond to those things. And sometimes they seem really straightforward and simple, and then suddenly they're not. Um, so having somebody who understands the complexity of those um, to kind of come alongside of you and help from the beginning, um, you know, there's no you know, at least on CPAs, there's no deductible, you don't have a subpoena is not going to work against your policy or raise your premiums. Um, these are very, very common things that come up and you have coverage for it. Um, I, I so. love that. I love that. I love that. And 
Guys, if you don't have a court policy in your informed consent right now, all of you listeners, get a court policy. It can make your life so much easier. It can protect your income. Um, therapistcorpprep.com, they have a super low fee, just cut and paste, depending on, even if you say, well, I never want to go to court. I don't do court. That doesn't mean that you can't be subpoenaed. That doesn't mean you can't be deposed. But if you don't have a court policy in place, you can't charge for those services. So sometimes even just having a court policy in place where you say, well, yeah, you can subpoena me. Yeah, you can depose me. But here are my fees. Sometimes that is enough to get people to not depose you because suddenly it's not just an easy free thing to stuck up your day and take a whole day of, of clinical yeah. work away from you. So yeah. check that out, therapistcorpprep.com. And oh my goodness, yes, call CPH. It's so, so crazy, right? They're probably, they're all going on to Facebook groups. What do I do, guys? No, yeah. Facebook groups are call not CPH. the place that you get <laughs> <laughs> your advice about subpoenas. Call CPH, yeah. get on the phone with an actual attorney where you can go yeah. through the specifics of that case and the specifics of that subpoena. Yeah. They can actually look at it and help you pull it out. Oh, I yeah. love that one. Any yeah. other um, final ones before we start yeah. to kind of wrap the, up? The last thing I'll say is um, many of you are going out on your own and you're establishing you know, your private practice. You're establishing LLCs or PCs or corporations insure those entities mm. a lot of people think well it's just me um you know working under that llc it's true but that llc is still a legal entity that can be sued if someone's going to sue you they're going to throw as wide of a net as they can so they're going to sue you individually they're going to sue that llc name so make sure that you're establishing coverage that ensures both if you have one of those entities I love that. I love that. I think that's always such an interesting one too, where people are starting from scratch. And they're like, well, I have to start my LLC right from the beginning, yeah. right? To start it clean. And I often tell people like, hey, you can be established. Like you can get that first six to 12 months, get an actual income um, mm -hmm. under you before you do that corporate filing because there are a lot of expenses involved in making that transition. So mm -hmm. there's pros and cons on both sides, but this is one of those pieces where, yeah, it's a cost. It's a few thousand dollars at minimum to really get your corporation established and to get that shifted. Um, and it's okay to do both, but if you just go on a legal zoom and you think, Oh, the corporation is only $99 or the mm -hmm. LLC is only $99 a you might be um, filing a corporation that's not actually legal. <laughs> like in California, mm. you can't do just an LLC. You have to have a professional corporation. There's some specific yeah. legalities in different states about what you can file. So you might be doing something that's not strictly legal or enforceable. And of course, you might be missing out on things like, oh, wait, here's your checklist. You better go get that insured. <laughs> awesome. Well, I just want to thank you so much, Rachel, um, and give oh, again pleasure. a plug like CPH was my professional liability insurance from when I was a student. Um, I had no concerns, always easy peasy kindness. Thankfully, yeah. I never had any issues, but I'm so yeah. delighted to know it's occur occurrence based. So even if somebody 
comes yeah, a decade later, I'm still taken care of. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so. thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure to jump on and answer these questions and um, never hesitate to reach out to CPH. We're here to partner with you guys on this stuff. Awesome. So again, that's cphinsurance.com. They actually have a great newsletter, guys, um, and have some wonderful articles that are really legit. Um, <laughs> they're yeah. done by attorneys. So it's a really um, great place to get good, trustworthy information. Um, and again, go check them out. If you do not have professional liability insurance right now, that's occurrence-based. It's time, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's time. <laughs>